Hi guys. I hope my mic is on. This is Kayla, not Corey. Uh, we are actually here with Hi, My Name is Mom recording our first week without our lead dog. We're filling big shoes today. Uh, Jen, I think we got this. I'm pretty confident that we are going to have an awesome episode today. We have Lucy Riles on and we are going to talk about some amazing working mom stuff. We are wives, entrepreneurs, entertainers, executives, and at the end of the day, we are all moms, all at the same time and never in the same order. (laughs) This is Hi, My Name is Mom, a podcast about motherhood. Here are your hosts, Jen, Corey, and Kayla. I don't have a manual on how we're going to do this thing, so y'all going to have to give Jen and I some grace because we are filling some really big shoes while Corey is out enjoying her sweet little Teddy Quinn. She's finally here. We are so excited to have this perfect little girl in addition to our little tribe. So in an effort to keep the third mic warm, today we have my dear friend Lucy Riles joining us as guest host. Hi, Lucy. Hi, ladies. Lucy's awesome, you guys. I, Kayla, I know you guys are, are now new friends, but Lucy's new friends. an incredible wife, mom of three, published author, podcaster, Amazon star, public speaker, and creator of one of the most incredible mom communities out there, Life of Mom. She has just brought together hundreds of thousands of amazing mamas, and we're really glad we get to hang out with you today. Yay! I, you know, when you list all that stuff off, it sounds so impressive, and I don't feel impressive on a day-to-day basis. It's well, like my- There are things I, we missed. Yes. We missed. <laughs> I still have to wipe plenty of bottoms, so I, I stay nice and humbled. Well, hopefully not your husband's. No, God. <laughs> had a day. I feel like I've been attacked on a personal level um, from a client today. I was called an inexperienced working mom, which to that person's credit, I am. I am a first time mom learning the balance and the balance is really hard. Running your own company is no joke, especially when you're working from home because you'd never know when to shut off. It's the truth in a lot of ways. But also, but it also, like but also, it's home. not her place to say that to you. you yeah, know? I just feel like it hit, it crossed a boundary, like on mom code across <laughs> across the map. Right, right. You weren't asking for the advice. She just kind of projected her impression of you, and whether you believe it or not, it's not her place to say that to you. And I would be really hurt uh, too. I mean, part of why I created Life of Mom, which is an online parenting community, is literally because of the criticism I got when I was a new mom. I had a medically fragile child. She um, had open heart surgery at three days old. I was 2,000 miles away from my family, and I was terrified, and I questioned everything. And I would go online and my feed would be full of all these like five words that are going to make your child isolated as an adult. Don't feed them these 10 food items or it will cause this. And I felt like I was being unloaded on all the like 
what to do right and what to do wrong. And I put a lot of pressure on myself as a new mom. Oh, I'm going to cry. Um, no, it's okay. I've no, been crying all day. <laughs> no, because I, I say this all the time. You know, part of the reason I started Life of Mom was because I can't go back to myself 10 years ago. I can't yeah. go back to that new terrified mom that I am now looking back at. And I just want to give her the biggest hug and say, you are doing such a good job. If I can help moms feel supported, feel celebrated, feel entertained. I don't know if you can swear on this, but opinions are like, everyone has one. For some reason, people think that you can have this free for all of providing your personal opinion on how people should raise their children. I started Life of Mom in 2016 when my youngest was six months old. And my whole goal, I'm like, I, I made a couple memes. I wrote a couple stories about what I went through. But my whole thing was, I'm like, I don't want a single mom to be be or feel judged. We we are hard on ourselves enough. We don't need to get it from anybody else. And you know, you accidentally group texted that, um, and we're and we're just meeting, Kayla. But <laughs> I immediately got really defensive for you because that woman has no right to say that. Even if you feel that, she has no right to say that to you. And I think as moms, we just need to lift each other up. And support each other and realize each one of our family dynamics are so uniquely different that there's no one way to do motherhood right. You know what I mean? And yeah. as long as your kids are happy, healthy, and safe, we all want the same end goal for our families, right? I don't even know if I buy into the idea that there even is a perfect balance. I think there are right. different stages in life where career will take a lot more time than motherhood. And I, I clearly when your kids are little, you are like in it, right? Motherhood, yeah. you are, you are committing a lot of time, a lot of hours, but I feel like there's never this perfect balance. And the fact that the world tries to make it seem like you can have it all and you can have this balance. And if you don't have the right balance, you're doing it wrong. And that's not the case at all. I don't know. I, I think yeah. that's setting really high, unachievable expectations for moms. And what we really Something need to be doing. missing. Well, you, <laughs> right. you, only, you only have 100% to give. And so it's like a math equation, right? If you're giving right. 60% here and 30% here, you only have 10% left. And if, you know, all of the housework and everything is going to take 10%, and then there's all of a sudden zero for you, right? So you give it out and you only have so much and it's all you can do. Yeah. Something's gonna and, fall. and I think that's why you see so much burnout with moms um, trying to do it all. And it takes sometimes you kind of hitting that rock bottom burnout moment where you realize, okay, what can I kind of put aside? Like I am a horrible domestic wife. Like I I'm awful at like cooking and cleaning and laundry. Like I, we have a Corey on our hands. It is, it is straight up soul sucking. And I, I was writing books and I was taking care of the kids and bringing them to different activities. And I just found like every time I walked in the house, I would just get so stressed out. And finally I like turned to Tom, my husband, and I'm like, I need a cleaning lady. I, I am writing a book that will bring income into this and I need this chunk of time and I'm running out of time. And this part doesn't bring me joy. 
writing and creating brings me joy. And ultimately, I'm a better wife and mom when I'm able to kind of fuel that passion, whatever that passion looks like for a parent. And what I'm like almost 11 years into motherhood, and I feel like I've gotten better at allowing myself some grace and realizing like, I do have talents. They might not be cooking. They might not be cleaning, you know, but I'm talented in these other realms and I need to celebrate what I'm good at and just try to survive what I'm bad at. <laughs> oh, I love you know? the way you said that. That's like the greatest thing. That's, yeah. that's it's so true, especially for those of us, moms like the three of us that in addition to our full-time job of being moms have careers, whether they're part-time or even full-time from home, there are other elements to our lives that take our focus. And even right. if it's for a smaller amount of time each day, um, it's really difficult, I think, is that is that kind of nonstop pivoting and multitasking that you have to do as a mom, right. you know? And it's interesting. Yeah. I know you guys um, work in the entertainment field as well. So I, I've always always, always had to have 500 balls in the air. Do you know what I mean? Like, like even professionally, if I was like casting a show or interviewing a mother about, you know, her daughter who was kidnapped as a teenager or trying to deal with a chef that we were, you know, doing a, a food network project for all of a sudden, those three things are colliding in my brain in the span of like 15 minutes, you know, like it's like right. you're shifting constantly shifting gears. So what has been interesting for me as I've brought more of like motherhood into my daily life and, and being the primary caregiver for our kids now is it's gotten so much worse because like, I've got all of these things that I'm doing professionally for me to help me be a, a good human in my own, in my own, by my own definition, but I'm also running a house. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's really difficult. I think like all of the things that we have to do to survive. And you and I actually, Lucy, we we're just talking about this, about how like this year has given us, you know, a kind of new eyes with which to see ourselves and what's next and where are we going? And it's kind of, it's interesting to me to see like, how do we all pivot when we have businesses that we're running from home? You know, like how do you sort of decide, okay, I'm going to focus on this for this period of time. And I'm going to focus on this for this period of time. And and how, what's your, what's your strategy for kind of keeping all of it going all at the same time? I mean, if I'm being completely honest, I don't feel like I have a handle on it. And I am constantly trying to figure out the most direct path and path of least resistance to some of these projects. But I do feel like um, I'm in a weird place because I just finished writing my book with my husband, Mom Versus Dad. It, it came out at the end of last year. I just finished this reality competition show with my dog, Duchess, right behind me called The Pack on Amazon. And so that came out at the end of last year. And then my kids have been home since March 15th. They have not seen a classroom in 45 weeks. And I have a fourth grader, a third grader, and a kindergartner. Now, my kindergartner just recently is going two days a week. But like this morning, I'm cuddling my nine-year-old son who is so sad to see his sister go off to school. He's had, I can count on one hand how many playdates my kids have had in person. It, it is breaking my heart. 
And, you know, I kept waiting for the flip of this, you know, in the spring, it was like, well, summer's going to come around and then they'll have camp and that was canceled. And then it was like, well, they'll be back in school in the fall. That was canceled. And now we're like, okay, 2020 was bad, but now 2021 is going to be good. Right. And I just keep waiting and I'm just also watching my children grow and lose out on a childhood that I so cherished at their age. And it really, um, I hit a wall and at the end of year, beginning of this year, um, my husband and I were talking and we decided to make some big changes and we are like doing the biggest, most ultimate pivot of our life. And I'm terrified and I have so much anxiety about this and I haven't even spoken about this on my podcast or anything yet. (laughs) We've actually decided to move to Nashville. (gasps) Which yes, you do um, have friends here. I have a friend now. Yeah, Did I not tell you? I, no. said, I told yeah. her that I told you. I thought you knew. Yeah. No, I'm so excited. Yes. So, I, and Jen has been integral. Is that the right word? Integral in helping us. Out. Yeah. Where are you moving? What part of town? Um, Mount Juliet. Yes. <laughs> Um, we put a bid on a house that was accepted. It's in the inspection week. So like, I'm not, I'm not like officially saying yet. No, I thought um, I told you, I even told Lucy. I was like, I told Kayla. (laughs) Yeah, no. So my husband works for the Ellen DeGeneres show and has for like 17 years now. And we've always said when Ellen's done, we're going to move closer to my family, which is all in the Midwest. She's not done, but COVID kind of fast-tracked a lot of things for us. I'm watching my children's childhood pass before their eyes and the social, emotional setbacks that they're having over the last 45 weeks, but who's counting? Um, And watching like my friends all over the country where their kids are back in school in person. So I think what COVID did for us is it really exposed Los Angeles's vulnerabilities. And even even though the vaccines are coming out, I just think it kind of exposed that like this is a very populated place. And, you know, if something like this were to happen, like I can't fly home to see my almost 90 year old dad. And there's never been a moment in my life where I can't just decide one day to go see my family if something happened. And that's the case now. So I wanted to be driving distance from my dad and my 11 siblings and all my cousins, and they're all in the Midwest. And I want my kids to see their cousins and play with their cousins. And so for me, it was like, okay, Tom's going to rent an apartment here in Los Angeles for Ellen's next season, assuming his contract gets picked up or whatever. Um, And then he will commute four days a week, which is going to be tough for me. But I think a lot of why I'm like finding myself in such a rut is seeing my kids in such a rut, you know, their happiness. We were just talking about like, all you want in life as a mom is your kids to be safe, happy and healthy. My kids are safe, they're healthy, and I'm really grateful for that, but they're not happy. And it breaks my heart. I just want them to have that childhood. I want it, I, I feel like the last 10 years, Tom and I really committed to our own personal dreams and careers and goals and life. 
And now I want these next 10 years, 10 plus years to really be what's best for our kids and where they can thrive the most and have the happiest, best childhood. And we just found like Nashville's got that entertainment side to it and it's driving distance from my family and Jen's there and she's so <laughs> wonderful and giving me so much amazing um, advice and and yeah, and nature, I'm like, I need trails, I need lakes, I need hikes. Um, so just checked all the boxes. So we're super excited. It's the ultimate pivot. It's also making me like not be able to sleep at night because I'm like- <laughs> It's coming soon. It's, I mean, assuming the inspection goes well, where's wood? This yes. is an Airstream, so it's it. all metal. I have some wood. <laughs> oh my gosh, are you in an Airstream? <gasps> I'm yeah. in my Airstream. Okay, Say I literally that. want an Airstream so bad and I have nowhere to park it. Oh, well, we just found somebody because we weren't sure if we were going to have to sell it or not. Oh, right. First of all, we got it last May when COVID hit. And we're like, if we're going to socially distance, we're going to do it across campgrounds across America. So we went to 10 states in 26 days with three kids, two giant dogs, and oh a partridge. Gosh. I'm and going to pick tree. your brain later on this so much. I wasn't hey. sure if I was going to have to sell it. And the previous owners named it Lucy 5. So the license plate says Lucy 5. And there's five of us. So I'm like, this is perfect. It's meant to be. Um, so I'm excited we get to take it. Not excited to drive across country in a giant U-Haul SUV, an Airstream, and three kids and two giant dogs and a partridge and a pear tree. Like, well, it's going to be fun. Such it's going to be fun. And you're going to just live stream the whole thing. It's going to be so great. Adrian and I drove across country with a two-year-old, a newborn, a dog, and all our stuff, right? And we, we shipped a lot of it, and then we drove. And we spent 10 days just seeing America. And it was one of the most memorable trips. I mean, Charlie was two weeks old. I mean, so it, I it, had, was, you know, it was great. I mean, I, but was it great in the moment? Like, when we, yeah, when we did it, you know 26 why, days... Because that's a lot. I will say, like, <laughs> the thing about the trip, I think if you just, like, put, put – take all of the expectations for what you're going to do and, like, throw them out the window and right. just enjoy. We moved from California seven years ago. Um, we had a four-bedroom house, and it was just my husband and I, no kids. And it cost us twelve grand to move. Yes, see, he won't do that. And so, what's crazy is I was super inexperienced as a mover. I was twenty five, twenty six at the time, and we we were moving like toilet paper and like cleaning supplies. Right. Not realize like I had no idea. I had never moved, so I'm literally paying twelve dollars to move a box of six dollar items. Like. Well, and that's why I told Tommy, I said, you know, it's what, it, this is the first time his frugalness is playing to my advantage because he refuses to buy, pay for the movers. So it's us and in the biggest size U-Haul they have, which just by default will mean we can only take like a fraction of what we have in this house, which is full of hand-me-downs from my in-laws Furniture, furniture you don't really want. So you get to start fresh with your I, new home. I have never decorated a house all on my own. That's so, so I'm No, when you said you're an interior designer, I'm like, doo, 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 doo. <laughs> also, I'm like, oh God. Um, no, my sister is an interior designer too. And I've been like picking her brain too. But um, 
I'm excited. I'm like, you know what? I would rather live in a half empty house and be able to buy pieces of furniture that I'm excited about that are going to be like good quality than like go to Ikea and furnish the entire house. Like, I don't want that. You're going to get to go to Home Goods with us on Saturday. Yes. Yay. I, I think I, got I bring pillow. wine. I bring extra Yetis and wine and I, will, I show up to home goods and I pass them oh. out and we make You're, a day. So um, before, before we move on to our next point, I want to say <laughs> that I think those cross country tri- trips are so important. Like, yes, it's fun to drive across the country. And I feel like it, there's a hype about like how stressful it is. But for me, I, when you say that it kind of brings up this sweet moment where when I was, um, just, I just lost my third, uh, pregnancy and I was just like really struggling. I made my businesses, my baby. I told my husband one day, I was like, I just need a few weeks to figure like just to clear my head. And so I got in my car, packed it up and I drove to California. Good for and, you. And and it took me 40 hours and I stopped in every city I wanted to stop. I saw every friend from college and high school along oh, the way. Yeah. So I had a I guitar strap company and at the time it was still relatively new when we were just kind of doing Etsy sales and I googled every um music store from ten- from Nashville to California and I stopped walked in, introduced myself, told them about my product. And because I did that, I got into over a hundred stores. Like I got my product on the shelves in over a hundred stores and it was building my businesses and being an entrepreneur. I always call myself an accidental entrepreneur because (laughs) I was always an entertainer. I was always in that industry. I never in a million years thought I would be in the business world or selling products or anything like that. But I contribute like my need and longing to be a mom and to trying to shift that focus into something productive. You know, I took that trip of driving and it took me 40 hours because I went some really long routes and I stopped at all these stores and I ate crazy food and I drank too much in El Paso. That's true. (laughs) (laughs) But I did all these things to like help myself heal, but I also channeled some pain into productivity And, um, that's how I got one of my companies started. I took my grief and I channeled that into success. And, um, and I think that's an important thing for, for moms to hear. I have so much to say on this. Um, (laughs) one Kayla, first of all, that was like such an inspiring story. And I love that you are sharing that with moms as someone who also lost her third baby, uh, stillborn loss. Um, my husband and I grieved very differently. And, you know, we went to grief counseling, we did all the things you're supposed to do. And I think our biggest takeaway was everyone grieves differently. There's no right way to grieve. And if your husband or your spouse or whoever it is, um, grieves one way, it doesn't mean it's the right way. And it doesn't mean your way of grieving is the wrong way. Like he started P90X the day after I delivered our stillborn son, because he, his, his, in his mind frame, he wanted to be the best version of himself for the two living children we had at the time. I grieved by not leaving my house for two months, not wanting to get out of bed for two months, dying inside and, you know, wishing to go back to sleep because reality was harder than 
what I was, you know, would dream about, right? We respected each other's grieving process. And thank God we did because I could see how relationships could end over something like that. You sound a lot like my husband taking something that, you know, was really hard and making yourself better because of it. And I have a second part to this. So I, like I said earlier in, in the show, our first child, she was diagnosed halfway through a pregnancy. She had a serious heart defect. They told us the best case scenario would be she'd be, um, make it full term, but need open heart surgery. But she had like a one in 2,500 chance of making it. So, so every pregnancy after that was pretty much, you know, ruined as far as like, uh, even the healthy ones, I was just a mess. Uh, I relate to that so, yeah. like, so much. Just, yeah. Like, just hearing, the, because I don't think people realize when you have a scary pregnancy, it ruins the rest it of your pregnancy. It ruins every single one. I've had five pregnancies, and I have three children um, that are running around. But um, <laughs> but my my husband, we were in the ICU after she had been born, three days old, had open heart surgery, And I'm the youngest of 12 kids. We have all these family and friends all over the country that wanted updates on our daughter's health. And we're like, how do we do this? Tom started this little Facebook page called Life of Dad. And there he just started writing updates uh, to our family and friends on how Barbara was doing. And I get chills. Um, And now it has over 4 million followers and is one of the largest fatherhood communities out there. Adrian was was and is a huge contributor of Life of Dad too. That's how uh, Jen and I know each other. And he literally took one of the hardest, most heartbreaking times of our life um, because we didn't know if she was going to survive. And those first couple of weeks were a total nightmare. Um, And as her health got better, he started to bring on other dads and he started to kind of build out this community because there were all these mommy bloggers. But at the time in 2010, there weren't a lot of dad bloggers. Now it's great. There's a ton of them. But Tommy really channeled in on that. And he took something that was so hard and devastating for our family. And he grew it into this community to help other dads feel less alone, feel supported and celebrated. He shared our story of our stillborn loss and Barbara's health and all the things while also sharing super funny content too. But it was that same kind of thing where he took something and really made it into something beautiful and great. No, it's so true. I mean, your story at Every time I hear it, no matter who tells me, it just always affects me so much. And it's, I think that you, I mean, we honestly sat down here to talk about small businesses and being moms (laughs) starting businesses. And we have like unpacked so much more integral content, I think, to, to actually momming and real mom life than than even the businesses we run. But I know I I went off track. I'm so sorry. No, No. don't apologize. I I think it's so much more important. Like my heart is exploding. (laughs) But you know, one of the things I think that, that is really interesting that we've all done is the, the reinvention by way of West coast to East coast and literally just like completely 
reinvented our lives and picked up and moved to another state. And you have to make new friends and find a new grocery store and all these things that you like take for granted when you're living somewhere, you know, Uh, get ready, ladies, you're going to be bombarded by like referrals and questions by me. So what (laughs) I mean, what is the plan? What do you get here? That's what I'm curious about. What uh, obviously life of mom and life of dad are going nowhere. So yeah, what's the, what's the plan for you? What do you want Mm -hmm. to do? My biggest priority right now is to get my kids adjusted and transitioned, hopefully into in-person school. Um, And once I have my oldest, she's special needs. So I definitely want to make sure she also hasn't been in a classroom for over a year. So it's hard enough to get her back after summer break. So I want to make sure that transition is super smooth and and. Uh, goes well for them. And I think once I see them happy and thriving, and I can kind of start to redirect myself into more career driven things, I have so many, I, I'm, I'm writing a children's book that I have my literary agent and I are going back and forth with notes. So who knows if it'll get published, but that I'm working on that. I've got another podcast. Um, it's more dog related uh, called After Bark. So I, I want to keep that going. It brings me a lot of joy and, um, and, and just kind of getting my footing. I'm trying not to put too much on my plate where I put too much pressure on myself and then I get you know, overwhelmed. But I, honestly, like I, I've lived in LA for 18 years. Before that, I lived in Chicago for 18 years. So it's like, this is going to be um, a huge pivot, as you like to say. <laughs> so I think, I think for me, it's the same mentality that I had. My, my, my theme in 2020 was survive, not thrive. Like just get through it. You don't have to be at your best version of motherhood when you're in the middle of a global pandemic with so many restrictions on yourself. But I have a lot of hopes and dreams. I'm excited that Nashville has that element of entertainment because, you know, that will be missed um, when I leave. So to be able to go to another city with that same kind of um, energy and, and, you know, you won't lack the energy when you get to Nashville. I almost feel like you get that same creative energy without the pretentiousness um, and without the the longing to be famous. And you just have more of the realness of the creative people just in the trenches with you. You know, I grew up in the Midwest and there was there's something to be said about Midwest Southern charm and 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 manners and how friendly everyone is. Like, Oh my gosh, we're going to be best friends. Did we just become best friends? We totally did. Um, You know, what's funny you saying that, like when Jen moved here, it was more on a professional relationship that we met through Corey, but Jen was pitching a um, a show. Like I remember reaching out to her and like trying to be like, friend and thinking like oh my gosh she's gonna think I'm super obnoxious but like well that's really I, I just right like <laughs> I really connect with people well, I probably was but um but really I was like I just want her to know that she's loved and she has people here because we didn't really know each other that well when you moved here and yeah, no, it's I true. think I I think I bombarded my way into your life and you know what? You didn't mind it at all. So (laughs) I will say she is so wonderful because I am very mindful of like not asking too many questions to you, Jen. Cause I'm like, you're like my only like real touchstone there. And I don't want to like suffocate you either. So I'm like, 
trying to play it cool. You have a tribe. (laughs) I feel like every minute of downtime, there's always something you can be doing. Oh, let me sign into this and post this or write this. Oh, I got to do this. There will always be something to do. And you'll always think, oh, I got to work on this to better it. There's always ways to make it better and better and better. And every little like window that I get, I have no chill. I'm finding myself and now I'm going into this move. So I'm giving myself a little bit of grace and forgiveness. Like I'm not going to have any chill for a minute and that's okay. But I do think it's so important for us moms, especially running our own businesses and, and doing all these different creative projects um, from home is how to kind of shut it off like our husbands can do when they walk home from work. I think that's really important. It's something that Adrian and I talk about a lot, especially with both of us working from home right now. Right. And, and, and it's different for men, as we all know, like moms, oh, we're, yeah. we're really hard on ourselves. I mean, all yeah. women are, whether you're a mom or not, we're all hard on ourselves. And I've noticed that in life, we tend to focus on the things that can go wrong, right? Wrong with right. our families, wrong with our careers, wrong in our marriages, not the things that went right. And I always have these things that I measure success by. Like in my professional life, for whatever reason, I always wanted to be nominated for an Emmy. I've been nominated for a nomination, but that's not that's not the same thing, you know? Right. For me, it's still like somehow it's not enough. I'm hyper-focused on all these things I haven't done instead of being focused on the wind. So for me, this year has been about sitting down and visualizing, you know, that like these are all the things that I am doing so well instead of these are the few things that don't matter that, you know, for some reason are monopolizing my thoughts. I need to just be able to be a lot more targeted about what I'm like, paying attention to and where I'm giving my energy. Does that make sense? I, I, it is, it's a whole shift of how you portray, how you perceive things, I think. And for moms, yeah, like we were really quick to point out the negatives, but if you are able to, and the fact that you are cognizant enough to notice it, Jen, and like to make the effort to be like, okay, I'm going to focus on the wind, I think is you're already ahead of the game. Yeah, but I'm not sure that was purposeful. I think it took a (laughs) lot for me to be like, you know what? Why am I focused on these things I have not done? I've accomplished a lot of my life in addition to being a mom of four amazing kids, which for me is- That's- yeah, yeah th- that's right. an accomplishment in right. itself. It's like that's like this is the this is it. Like this is what life's about. So I I don't know. It's it because yeah because we get rude comments like you're a new mom that hasn't found the balance, and then you start to think those kind of comments are validating. And I feel like there's a lot of people like that that can just go at moms with their perception that they see a little sliver of. And then we start to hear it and believe it when in reality, like we, we should be praised and supported because we're doing so much for so many people and moms are the strongest, most amazing people I know. So, you know, I want to say like, we're talking a lot about entrepreneurship and working your own business, which I think, I mean, it's a whole other ballpark, but I also look at my mom who was a stay-at-home mom and she sold Mary Kay like here and there. And my parents were beekeepers and like, I like they sold honey. I used to have to sell honey to like have lunch money or whatever, just because I was raised very humble. And so like, but like I have the best relationship with my parents. And I think like my mom, we didn't have a lot of money, but she 
literally her goal was to keep us happy every day. And so like while we're sitting here talking about being working moms and the balance and everything, that's also not everybody's story. And I think there is, yes, it's all about balance, but I think it's so beautiful too, to be like, I don't need any of this. Like I'm going to make my kid happy and, and wake up every day and do that. And like, just kind of finding that balance is just so, and like what works for you, it's such an individual thing. And so like, for me feeling judged today, I just think that like, but even, even stay at home moms, they get judged. Because um, people are like, I I feel like you're, 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 you're damned if you do damned if you don't. Right. Yeah. So stay at home moms, which I was for eight of the past 11 years, I was Mm -hmm. a full-time stay at home mom, like literally did. That was my sole job. And there's so much criticism for being a stay at home mom. And then you're a working mom and there's so much criticism for being a working mom. And it's like, you can't win. I don't think there's one right way to be a mom. I told my husband last week, I was like, you know, I think we need to make more money in order for me to feel a little more happier. And I was saying that in the sense he made a joke um, because we were hosting some friends over and my friend is a stay at home mom of five kids. She's pregnant with her sixth. And he made a joke after they left about how much like she does around the house for the kids and whatnot. And I was like, and it, it was a pat, like it was a passive joke that he made. And I was like, you want me to stay at home mom? Perfect. I'll be a stay at home mom, but right. you'll have a stay at home mom income. And he was like, right. no, 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 no. And at the same time, he's like, get more clients, do more work, get more sales. And I'm like, you can't have the best of both. No, worlds. you can't I have said, both. No. I said, but I go, I almost would be happier adjusting our lifestyle to less money if that meant I had more time with my child right That's now. That's what we did. And honestly, it, I can't believe it took us so long to do it because the reality is it when you're able to reinvent yourself from home and work from home at least mm-hmm. part-time and supplement that way, you'd be surprised what you can bring in. And so I can't believe it took us so long for me to quit full-time and and start doing you know consulting and freelance producing and those kinds of things. Because honestly, if I knew then what I know now, yeah. I would have made the decision long ago. Part of like making that decision is, is this is new for me this week. Um, I just hired a nanny. Um, and that, that's really big for me. Like I've had a lot of tears about that. I've had a lot of pride issues about that, but I know that me giving up a small chunk of a nanny salary is going to help me have more quality time with my child. And also because she's our first kid, it's going to give her a little bit more social building skills, mm-hmm. right? Somebody else, like just to help find that balance. Like I told my husband, I was like, we need to go on a date at least once a month. Like we it's don't, so we, important. We, in order for our kids, I feel like, and I'm, I'm not pregnant right now. I wish I was, but, um, in order for like our kid now and our future kids to see kind of a healthy balance, I feel like it starts in your marriage, but I just made myself for the first time, my daughter just turned nine months old, an actual working schedule as an entrepreneur, because I've never done that before. I've always had the luxury of getting up and just getting done, whatever the chore list is. And I just, for the first time running my own companies, I'm like, Tuesdays are going to be production days. Fridays are going to be shipping days. Mondays are going to be email and communication and social media days. Like I just kind of set myself, 
I'm going to stick with these boundaries to make sure that I'm not 20% at everything, that I'm 100% at everything, and they each have a place and they each have a day. Already, I feel like a huge weight has been lifted off of me because you know, as running your own business, you are like, it's the whole thing. But I'm hoping that the structure, it's, it's providing a little bit more structure. And I do know a lot of people that stick to a super um, specific schedule, like you just mentioned, and they have found tremendous success with it. I have tried a couple times and then like the kid will get sick and I'm suddenly, but I, I, I hope come April or May, once things kind of, once the move and transition, I would love something like that where I can focus on, you know, writing on this day and social media on this day. And that I think that's really important. And the fact that you're making time for it, like Jen said, the percentages, you have a hundred percent. Unfortunately, I will, I've gotten better at self-care but by default, I've gotten worse at nurturing my relationship with my husband. Me too, 100%. <laughs> right? Tom and I are really bad at sticking to like a date night, but what we thrive on are like our weekends to Vegas, a night here, a night there. We're actually going to Nashville over a Valentine's Day weekend so I can see the house. I find, I mean, there is a direct link to if I make time for Tom without the kids, I, we are better parents to our kids. Right. And, and I think with quarantine and both of us working at home, it's just, it's a mosh pit of like, we're, I want to miss him basically. And I think, I think that's why I just signed off on him being gone four days a week for the next year. It's going to be great for your relationship. It really and truly is going to be so good. I love, I love that. I need, I need to miss you. Now, mind you, when it's like three or four months into it and I feel like a single mom, I might regret it, but I do. I'm like, I, I feel like we do better with a little bit like, and he's not going to into Ellen right now. He's doing all the tapings virtually. So it's just 24 seven. And then all the restaurants are closed. So we can't even do date night. Right. Oh, that's so painful. Right. So it is, it's really hard. Um, I'm, like he, he, he went to Nashville this past weekend to look at the house and he texted me there. He's like, book a babysitter every Saturday night so I can take my wife out on the town. So I think he's really excited at the thought of like a new city and a new vibe and um, nurturing our relationship. So I think that's really important. I love this episode so much. Oh, I am so, you guys, I, I can't wait to meet you in person, Kayla. And hey, Jen, we've met in person, right? Have we I don't met even know. I don't know. I don't even know. know. I have a couple I, friends that you'd be surprised I've actually physically never met them in person and they're amongst my closest friends. That's oh my right. gosh. Well, I'm super excited to hang out with you, ladies. And I'm like so grateful for all your help, Jen, with this whole move situation. Of course, anytime. That's what Corey did for us when we moved out here. It's, it was the least we could do for you guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're we're really excited and I'll keep you posted. Well, I'm like uh, so excited that I got yes. to meet you on here. I think- Me too. Lucy, you were so inspiring just as an entrepreneur and oh. running life of mom and just a fellow podcaster. Yes. Um, your story <laughs> is so inspiring. 
is amazing. And I hope that other moms are as inspired by you as I am. So um, welcome to our tribe. Oh, I am so, I'm so excited and honored to be part of it. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please take a moment to follow us on our socials on IG and Facebook at Hi, My Name is Mom Official. We love hearing from you guys. Coming up next week, guys, we have an episode that's super close to my heart. So we will be talking with a beautiful guest about all things adoption, the process, and bringing home a child that you didn't carry yourself. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Your name is Mom.